everybody. Welcome to this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Today, we are going to finish up our interview with Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, also known as the Derm Vet. And as an extra special surprise, both Maria and Melissa get to jump on and ask a few questions themselves. So join us as we go beyond the stethoscope. Welcome to DVM Divas Beyond the Stethoscope. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is dominated by women. In fact, we make up over 60% of the workforce, and that number just keeps growing. But it's not just the numbers that are growing. Our stress and frustration levels are climbing at exponential rates. Between social media challenges, public misconceptions, and the constant competition with Dr. Google, we're finding it harder and harder to be happy and fulfilled veterinary women. Because of this, depression and suicide rates are at all-time highs in our little corner of the world. And in order to help us combat these things, we need an outlet. We need a safe place where we can open up and discuss all of the issues that we are currently struggling with. So listen along as we, the DBM Divas, discuss our trials and our troubles, as well as celebrate our wins and accomplishments. And join us as we forever test the limits of what it means to be a badass woman in the veterinary industry. So, who are we? Well, I'm Melissa. I'm a Kansas State grad and have been practicing for nearly 20 years. I have a mixed animal practice with my husband and one other partner. And I'm a mom to three very busy kids. One in elementary, one in middle school, and one in high school. Hi, I'm Annie. I too am a wife and a mama and a veterinarian. I am a Washington State grad that has done a little bit of everything as far as veterinary medicine is concerned. I'm really excited to be here, share my story, and get to hear your stories as well. My name is Maria. I am a full-time small animal veterinarian and a full-time mom to two beautiful little boys. Currently, I am practicing on the East Coast after trying our luck on the Front Range in Colorado for a year. After missing our family and of course the delicious food and the beautiful ocean, we decided to come back to Jersey where we are finally home. Follow us on Instagram at DVM Divas. Like us on Facebook and join our group at DVM Divas Beyond the Stethoscope. Want to discuss something or interested in being a guest? Email us at admin at dvmdivas.com or comment on one of our social media profiles. We hope you will come along and leave your stethoscopes at work and join us. Laugh with us, cry with us as we take this profession back from discontent. Grow with us as we remember why we ever wanted to be veterinarians in the first place. That's Melissa. Hi. Oh, I'm seeing myself on video. It's not good. It's okay. You can see my crazies today, Melissa. This is what happens when you get up at 4.30 to edit a podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Ashley, if you have podcast editing questions, she's your girl. I'm so close. My, my brother is like an IT person and I actually just submitted and got approved. So, but it's just like finding the time. He doesn't do that type of stuff, but he started doing it. So I actually technically have my first episode up on most platforms right now, but I'm not announcing it until I have a book. Well, by the time this is up, it might be out. I'm hoping next week, but you know. How- we'll keep us posted. I will. That is the best feeling ever. Like when you see it pop up and you're like, oh, I'm on iTunes now. Literally <laughs> iTunes was the one I was waiting for back at the range. You talked a little bit about, you know, you mentioned, you know, doing your beach body and that helped with the mindset and then how you kind of started swinging into taking that mindset shift and putting, mixing it with your love for that med and dermatology. And that's kind of where the, at the derm vet came from. So 
can you share with everybody, you know, why you've done it, what you love about it, those kind of things? Yeah, as I kind of talked about earlier, like I'm just an intrinsically want to like people pleaser. I want to help. I don't, I'm trying to get out of the people pleaser mindset because as I'm have my two kids and realize I, I have to have some boundaries and limitations, I'm trying to realize that I more want to help people, but I can't always please people. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is definitely a shift probably in this last year as I am becoming, well, not becoming, but as I'm developing the derm vet, like, yes, I'm the derm vet, but my whole process behind that is just that everyone can be a great derm vet. The mindset came from wanting to help our vet community. And just like we were talking about, you know, some of the negative backlash that even people within our, our own community can do sometimes, uh, like when we talk about like paying off loans and people being really negative about that. So what I kind of realized was Beachbody allowed me to be comfortable putting things up online. It gave me that platform to really want to help people. And what that became was when I had my first baby, who's now two and a half and very sassy. Oh my God. She's the best. She reminds me of my littlest. Like yeah. they are peas in a pod. We can never put them in the same place because buildings will burn. Yeah. She's like sassy. So we'll, she's two and a half. So she has plenty of time to get really terrible. She's not terrible quite yet. She's sassy, but she's controllable. Like she loves her baby brother. Like she loves helping out, but I can see, I, I could just see she's me. Like I could see like, I'm like, oh man, you're a strong-willed girl. Like, yep, you're, you're smart. You're going to figure out how to trick us. Like, I see it coming. But after I had her and trying to find out, figure out like, where was my place? Like, I loved working. I loved doing the health and wellness stuff. But I really just wanted to help the vet field. And I wanted to do it in a way that I, you know, felt like I was really strong at. Well, obviously I specialize in dermatology. So I started kind of putting stuff out there. And once my baby got a little bit older, my first, and really started jumping back into public speaking, I realized I was getting a lot of good traction at uh, conferences and a lot of young veterinarians coming up to me and, and it'd be a mix of germ questions and thank you for showing that you can be a vet mom who still takes care of themselves and work full time and, you know, struggle, but find a beautiful life within that mess. That's kind of where it started to this probably past year, especially after I had my second baby take off and the fact that I wanted to help in both those ways. So I just said, well, I'm just going to share what I do try to teach dermatology because people would start messaging me saying, well, I unfortunately I can't go to Western this year. I can't go to this conference, but I really want to see you lecture. So I was like, well, I'm just going to put up things that I feel like if you are nursing your baby, if you are waiting at the hairdresser, cause it's like the only two hours of silence you get that day, but like you could learn a little derm and you want to, like you could look at little tips on my page. So that's kind of where that came from was becoming a really busy mom and saying, I want to provide content that can teach people. And not every mom can take off a week to go to a big conference on the other side of the country. It's been evolving as I go. It's been really exciting, but it's because I've had that mindset of just wanting to serve the vet community. And my hope is in the next year or two to develop online webinars, just like actual full tangible lectures that moms or dads or whoever in the vet med community can can learn derm in their own time like because we have so much technology nowadays like we can find ways to provide and i love live events don't get me wrong i love speaking at conferences but the reality is like not everyone can go to those all the time so that's it's been a it's been a fun process that just 
every month something seems to change and a new opportunity pops up and I can't wait to see where it goes in the next couple of years. Can you give us a little teaser about what's next for the Derm Vet? Yeah, it's almost like people always ask me, they're like, oh, show us cytology, show us to do that, show us, and I'm like, I swear I'm th- I have things that are ready to go, but you know, I'm still a mom with a two and a half year old and eight month old working full time and you know, just gotta find, and I still, like what's really important to me is I'm not willing to just work 10 hours as, on a Saturday when that's like some of the only isolated time I get with my kids. Mm-hmm. I really um, am allowing it to happen, but take its time. So the couple of things that I will say, that I know are going to happen. I just can't give you for sure timings on them. Just tease us. What are appetites a little bit? My two big teasers, uh, well, kind of three big teasers. Uh, one is I, and this isn't, I've, I've talked about this on my Instagram, but I am developing a podcast. So the idea is I listen to lots of podcasts. I have been thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I just kept finding reasons that it wasn't starting. And I finally one night went on Amazon and I ordered a microphone and said, I just have to buy the microphone and just start. And I'm sure that you, I've recorded the first few episodes and it's just me pretty much just talking. Um, and it's been really fun, but I just had to do it. Like, yeah. and I had to accept it probably won't be, it won't be perfect and it'll probably be better as, you know, in the next year or two, my episodes will probably be even better but if you don't start, you never get that experience. So that's one thing that should be happening um, very, very soon. And I'm actually already in contact with lots of people to have them on the podcast with me. So I don't want the podcast to just be me. I want it to be a mix of me talking about things that are important, but also bringing other dermatologists on and other moms on, because there's lots of ways to practice. There's lots of ways to live life. And what I say in my philosophy on how to treat certain cases is not the end all be all. There's lots of amazing dermatologists. We all practice differently. So I want to get other people on so that they can see that, so that they can, you know, see that there's lots of different ways to practice and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I'm in the very early developments of is a website. So a website where I hopefully can centralize a lot of stuff. Um, so I am working with a website development company right now to do that. And then the third thing, which is hopefully happening next year, fingers crossed, is what I was kind of talking about is officially launching some online webinar courses. Um, I'm going to work on getting them like accredited and it just takes a lot of time yeah. to do that. But I'm hoping to develop like little series, like an allergy series, maybe a cat series, um, with Dern. So those are kind of my big teasers. Yay. Those are wonderful teasers. Hopefully next year and it won't be like 2025. You have me back on and it still hasn't happened, but no, stop it. We're going to make this like a every other year thing. So Ashley, do you find, I find that it's weird to record in an empty room talking by yourself. I'd say yes and no. Um, because I say finding the pockets of time to make sure everything's somewhat quiet around me. Like I listened to my first episode. I'm like, that's kind of echoey, but there, you know, between having two kids at home, my husband who still has to live in the house at the same time and my old uh, lady dog who's going like half senile and just barks for no reason sometimes right now. um, If I can find the quiet time, I'm like, Oh, perfect. I've never had too, too hard of a time talking, which is probably why public speaking is not a huge, uh, for me I would say I get more excited than anything but that also probably comes off the fact that I 
sometimes practice my lectures and, you know, I've done lecturing now for several years. So uh, just being the only one talking for a substantial amount of time isn't a new thing for me. Well, on our group recordings, we often have children running in, running out, and dogs barking. I'm waiting for that to happen. I've, I've learned I pretty much lately, the ones I've recorded have been like after the kids go to bed. And it's more like my husband, I think is like, oh my gosh, I have like 30 minutes of quiet time while I was recording the podcast. So I've had to be like, hey, turn the TV down. Like, hey, hey. But then I have to realize that's his little isolated time. So it's a balance. We talked about how you developed. So how do you have to work to maintain, this is kind of jumping back again, to going back to your mindset and that kind of that you've developed. Do you have to work to maintain it? Do you do something like every day to maintain it? Or do you find that it just kind of comes naturally or? I would say that um, I'm a naturally very motivated person, but I still have to, I get, I can get trapped in my head. Like I always want to do things, but I do have a tendency to want to do things so much that sometimes I don't enjoy the moments, like the slow moments, especially with having the baby. Like if he falls asleep on me, I need to just take a deep breath, absorb it and, and have that happen instead of thinking, well, gosh, now I'm trapped and I can't get anything done for an hour. Mm -hmm. So I do like intrinsically have that, um, super motivational personality, but I think there's a difference between just being motivated and being happily motivated. Like I can always want to do stuff. I can always check it off the list. If I'm asked to get something done, I'll get it done. I also do a lot of personal development through podcasts, through audiobooks, um, through like the wellness community to make sure that I'm keeping my mindset a, a happy, positive one. So actually doing things and being motivated isn't too much of a stretch for me, but making sure I don't get ahead of myself and I enjoy the process and enjoy what I'm doing. So I'm happy doing it, not just looking to achieve it is definitely something that I have to, um, to work on. So I would definitely say, find what works for you, whether that's reading, whether that's listening to podcasts, that you can keep working on that and you'll never be done. I think that's the other thing to realize is you can feel like you accomplished everything, but your mindset, even if you're really happy, like something's going to happen, life happens. Like it is something you always have to be working on. I'll interrupt you. This is Maria. Hi, how are you? I do now. Hi. We went from like one to all of us. So I, I apologize for the chaos. Oh, it's okay. Melissa had asked, and then I was thinking about it too. What's your favorite non-vet podcast or book, or what's your favorite non-vet resource for mindset, I guess? That's a really great question. I think there's a lot of really great ones out there. I think for me and um, being a woman and just really wanting it to be fun, I love Rachel Hollis. I mean, it's not a unique answer by any means. Everyone probably says that. But, um, you know, a lot of people are on Brene Brown or Rachel Hollis, but Rachel Hollis, like, I like the somewhat sauciness, like, that's kind of like what I want to do. I, I just want to reach out. And I think sometimes when people think personal development or, you know, going to a derm lecture or anything like that, it's like, oh, it's just like, you have to do it. It's going to be stuffy. Like, I think it's really cool that in the last five decade that that's personal development has become exciting. It's become um, hip, it's become, you know, necessary. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do in a weird way with dermatology being a vet mom is just be like, let's make it fun. Like, let's not just think of it as being a PowerPoint I have to sit through. Like, let's, let's collaborate and make it really exciting and fun. So 
I love the attitude of Rachel Hollis in her Rise podcast to just be fun and inspirational and say, you know what, like sometimes you just got to start and just do it and quit getting in your own head. I love that answer. Do you ladies have any questions? Lisa, Maria? I don't have any questions, but I just wanted to, I really wanted to say hello to you. I watch you all the time. Oh, so sweet. And it's really cool watching what you started as and watching you become like the derm bed. And I think it's really nice what you're doing. So, and I learned from you. So it's pretty cool. Oh, it's so sweet. Like it's interesting doing stuff on, and I'm sure like we're probably getting out of the actual podcast part, but it's interesting doing stuff and you guys are experiences as a podcast. Like you do it and sometimes you'll have days where you don't get done what you want to get done. And you have this vision of all the stuff you could do. And then real life hits and you don't get half of it done. Like things get delayed. And sometimes you can, because you're not doing everything you wish you could because life happens that it can be discouraging. But then it's like hearing things like that. Like sometimes I'm like, who is going to care that I put up this picture of a psychology today? Like, it's not perfect and it's kind of blurry, but then like hearing stuff like that, it's like, Oh, it's so awesome. Like makes you want to keep doing it and even do a better job. So thank you so much. Like that means everything. I'm awful at cytology. So it's really nice having that as a backup. Yes. Cytology is the first podcast and it is very clear that anytime I put up little question things, it's very absolutely clear And it's like the number one thing I get asked about in lectures is how do you do it? And I'm like, I don't understand because for me, like, it's all I do. (laughs) That is hopefully going to be a huge part of like the webinars and stuff when they do get developed because I know that it is a necessary thing that sometimes because it's so natural for me to do it all the time. I, I forget that sometimes people like need to go back to the basics and just know how to be comfortable with it. So yeah, that is, don't worry, psychology for sure. Loud and clear. I have heard that that is definitely something that I need to, to put something out there for. So I will confess I'm a microbiology master's kiddo. So like, I love cytology. I love looking at bacteria. Like I love it, but I got out of the habit of doing it for my derm until I started watching you all the time. And now my techs know they're like, Oh, we've got an itchy skin. Like they just find the clear tape and they bring it with them. So I'm a tape kid. I know you're not a tape kid. That's okay. There's lots of that. When people ask me to do it, they're like tape. I'm like, I just don't. That does There's yeah. tons of dermatologists that do. And that's like the whole point of it is that you have to find what works for you and that you're really good at and that you feel comfortable with. I think the hard thing with derm is that all my classmates hated it. Like I was like the one derm nerd. I was like, yeah, derm, what, this is awesome. Everyone else was just trying to pass it to get by it because they didn't like it. And then they went into general practice. And then all of a sudden it was half of what they saw. And in a lot of schools don't even have a full-time dermatologist. It's all of a sudden you're thrown into a situation where it's all that you see for a large majority of your day, but you know, it's such a small part of your small part of your curriculum. And then you forget, and, and depending on who you practice with, if you go into mentorship capacity where the mentor doesn't really do cytology, it's easy not to do it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole purpose of me putting this out there is if people watch it even if it is just for the cute chubby baby, like maybe they'll also see they should do psychology and then they'll, they'll, they'll do it. And then again, we're in a scary world of antibiotic resistance and we're in a scary world of really bad allergies. And 
I'm getting heartbroken seeing all the apical failures come into my door when I just find out that they've actually had a really terrible infection that's never been caught. So that's that's kind of like my whole purpose with it is just to make it a natural thing. So you saying that your techs know that now is awesome because that's how Durham should be. Like you treat your techs, no, that's how you practice. And then you you get it and un, owners want it. I know, I know not every owner wants it, but honestly, I had owners like get really mad at their vet if they can't come see me and they don't do it. That's awesome. Well, it's not awesome. I mean, you don't want them to get angry, but it's good. No, you don't want to get angry. But I, I talked about this on one of my podcast episodes. I recently had a lady who drives from far away and she came in. She couldn't, she didn't come in like for her second recheck because she lived far away. And then she, I didn't see her for like six months. And then she came in and she made the drive to see me. And uh, it's like a cushionoid slash allergy old dachshund. And she said that she went to her vet and asked them to do a psychology. And they said, oh, we don't need to do that. And she got so mad that she walked out. <gasps> so that's not going to be every, that's not going to be every client. A lot of people aren't, I understand, are not going to want to spend the money. I totally get it. But if you really train the good clients well, like they'll understand the value of it and how important. It's funny. So I'm in Boise, which is not like really that far from Portland because we're on the West coast and you have to drive to get anywhere. Right. Um, so I was, I had a client the other day, we have a nice, really nice dermatologist that comes up to us from California into Boise, like once a month. Shannon, right? Andrea. Mm -hmm. Yes. I actually, one day she was like, I have to go sooner. I have to find one sooner. And I was like, well, I know this lady in Portland that I stock online. You could drive to Portland. <laughs> so I don't think she followed through because I think um, they called and said that Dr. Cannon was coming up or had an opening sooner. But I was like, you can drive. It's fine. <laughs> a lot of people drive pretty far. Boise would be pretty, pretty impressive. Okay, I have a quick cytology question. Okay. To settle an argument for me. Oh, gosh. Are you a dipper of the slide or a soaker? of the slide because I've, I've heard two different like approaches and I don't know if one is right or not right or if they're both okay or. Can I be honest? So like, again, there's gonna be different philosophies out there. I am not the end all be all dermatologist, but I don't think that really matters. Like people always ask me, they, they're like, how many times do I dip? Do I have to count? And like, I'm just real life. I'm all about transparency. Like we learn these things, right? Like you have to dip 10 times. You have to dip for 20 seconds. Literally how I, and I do cytology all day long. And I, sometimes I have slides that don't stain well and I might go back and do it or whatever. But honestly, if my techs are doing it or if I'm doing it because they're busy, like I'm mostly just talking and kind of shaking the slide in each one for like five seconds. So I don't think it really matters that much. I guess where you could get into trouble is if it's like a super goopy, like purulent ear, you might need to let it fix for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, like a while to me is probably like, 15, 20 seconds. I'm sure someone will probably go out there and say like, I'm really wrong, but I just don't think it matters. And I do psychologies all day long. Like it just, I'm basically talking and kind of shaking the slide within each dip as I go. I, I have been guilty of putting it in and then like, Oh, I'm going to let it soak for a minute. And then I walk away and forget. So yep. I leave those sometimes. Those are extra stained. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes I like throw it in and then I tell my types like, I'm going to start writing up. If after that blood drop, you could finish staining it. And then like, they'll come back five minutes later and like the slide and they're like, Oh gosh, the slide. And then they finish it. And that's never been a problem. That's really good to know. <laughs>
Okay, I think I've probably kept you super long and I know you have a fun party to get to tonight. I saw because I did stalk you today. You watch my Instagram. Yes, see, I told you. <laughs> super creepy. Um, <laughs> so just some kind of more, let's promote you as much as we can. Where all are you online? I stalk you on Instagram because that's my preferred mode of social media, but where else are you? Yeah, Instagram's definitely probably where I'm the strongest as far as um, that's also where I tend to be just because I love stories so much. And I know Facebook has stories, but I just started on Instagram. So I just like always go there. So I do have Facebook though, the Derm Vet. And then the dermvet.com is coming um, hopefully sometime in the next, I'd say month or two-ish. So that will be happening. And then um, the Derm Vet podcast, I didn't try to get, I tried to think of maybe a crazy name for the podcast, but then I was like, you know, I just, people just need to know it's the same thing. So I kept it nice and easy and is literally the Durham Vet Podcast. So that will be down the pipeline very, very soon. Sweet. Where can our listeners or myself <laughs> meet you in person or listen to you speak next? Like do you have an online CE coming up or are you speaking? What conferences are coming up next for you? Yeah, so the, the soonest ones that are coming up and actually it's like crazy how soon they are now is I'm speaking at BMX and Western. Yay! So I will be at both of them. I'm going to come see you. Yeah, come please. So Western and BMX, I'm doing, I'm part of a big symposium for Zoetis. So I will be doing two different lectures. So there is a feline symposium and then there is like an allergy symposium. So I'm doing one lecture in each of those. And, it, and I've seen the other titles of people I'm speaking with too. And it's going to be really great. Maria and I will both be stalking you, one at each conference. So I profusely apologize in advance. <laughs> hey, come say hi. Fun fact. So last year I spoke at Western and I was 35 weeks pregnant. And I opened up my lecture. Yeah, I, I like, they asked me to speak. I found out I was pregnant like a month later. And I was like, I should be okay. This is just, again, that strong-willed, like that mom mentality. I'm like, it'll be okay. Like, I think you can travel until you're 35 weeks. And so I think that's the cutoff. And my first baby was late. So I didn't really have high hopes. I was going to go early. And I started my lecture um, at Western um, saying, I promise that if you guys pay attention and don't fall asleep during my lecture, I will not go into labor. That's my promise to you because I just had to put it out there. It is very obvious. I am super duper pregnant. <laughs> like, cause you walk up and you know, everyone's like, Oh my God. Like she's very, cause I'm, I have big babies. Like I was big. I was like, let's just put it out there. Yes. I'm super pregnant. Like, but let's talk about Derm. So I'm super excited. I'll be slimmed down from last year. What do you feel like is the biggest issue in our vet med community? Oh, that is a deep, deep question. And I really think we've probably covered, we could have just podcasted. That. That's, no, it's good. It's good. Cause we have to talk about it. And I think we kind of went over it a little bit before, but for me, it's the supporting each other and realizing each other will have different ways of doing things, different focuses. It's okay. If you, know, it's okay. If you become a mom and you decide you want to go part-time, but you shouldn't feel like you have to because someone else did like, so I work full time and I'm super happy with that. But I guess to me, it's like, sometimes I think we can look at each other and say, oh, well she did this, or she decided to do that. Or, you know, she focuses here, this is her priority or that's his priority. And it's okay to realize we all do things differently and we have to lift each other up 
And then I'm just, I'm just so huge on the being offensive, not defensive. Like I know I've said a lot in this podcast, but I just think that mentality is so important of not like, well, I'm, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So you shouldn't be able to do it. Or they don't understand because they don't think I'm important. Like go on the offensive in a very nice way and it'll just be better for everybody. And I think you've done a good job of kind of hinting at it, but maybe put it in a sentence or two for us. What is the impact that you want to have on the veterinary community? Oh man, I have so much that I hope to accomplish. Um, like so many dreams. Okay. Oh yeah. I already bro- see, I already broke it. So I definitely will not be the most concise veterinarian out there. I have a couple different things. I want to make Derm my hash, like my philosophy is make Derm more fun than frustrating. Like that's the whole idea of the podcast is not that it can't be frustrating, but make it more fun. Don't just eye roll every time you have to see a Derm case, like make it the, the most fun that you can. Um, so I'm just really hoping to make people more excited about Derm. I know it's not the sexiest specialty out there, but I think it's pretty cool. So that's one of my big, uh, big goals. But the other thing is really, I just want to show other vets that there's so many ways to be happy in our field. And I really think that can look like a million different shades of the same color. I mean, I think that you can be happy being a mom. I think you can be happy not being a mom. I think you can be happy in private practice. I think you can be happy in industry. I think you can be happy um, working for the AVMA. Like I just really do. Like, I think there's so many ways to be happy. I just hope that that comes through and that I'm pretty supportive of our industry just as a whole. Anybody who follows you for even a minute, I don't think could say anything other than how supportive you are. Thank you so much. I think you're doing a wonderful job on your goals. It comes through very clearly. So I guess, well, since we're all here, Ashley, did you have like a clinic hack or a life hack or a mom win or anything that you thought of? It's not going to be super creative, but is truly how I actually get everything done. Miracle morning. Get up. It's nothing creative. I'm not a super creative person and like coming up with some hack that everyone, I mean, it's like the, one of those things I feel like people know they have to do, but it's hard. I'm not, I'm no different than anybody. I'm not, I'm not superwoman. I'm not, but I just, I'm disciplined and I'm very consistent. So, and that, that comes not only just with like working out or whatever, but just like getting stuff done. It's like getting up and having that time before the kids wake up that I can get whatever needs to be done. And for me, that's health and wellness and then maybe dishes <laughs> like depending on the day or maybe I fold three pieces of laundry, but it just gives me that win before all of a sudden I'm off. Mm-hmm. Morning's everything to me. I get up, I have on my days off, we still get up early to get that stuff done because it truly gives us the win for the day. So when you say miracle morning, is that like the book with Hal, is it Hal Elrod? Yeah. So I, the book's great. And, um, I did, I have read the book and I've listened to the book on audio too, but I just mean whatever miracle morning looks for you. Like he has his whole philosophy do but for me it's just like if you can look at something and say this needs to happen and for me to be happy and have a positive mindset it has to be movement like I have to move my body I actually don't feel right if I get up and I didn't get up to work out like I feel like just sluggish I don't feel like myself so for me it's movement but if it's for if it's for another mom getting up and having 10 minutes to read a book if it's 10 minutes to meditate if it's 15 minutes to do that load of laundry that is just in the back of your head bothering you that you never got it done and it's literally stressing you out like whatever that looks like for you like that's my hack is I get up early and it's because um I can get stuff done and start my day with the win. Have you always gotten up early? I know you said your husband wasn't a morning person but have you always been a morning person? I wouldn't 
I've always gone up early, but I've always been a morning person. Like I definitely went through, you know, like the college, go out, stay out too late, like maybe not be up at six in the morning every day phase. But right. I've always gravitated towards morning. I feel like I'm cheating the day. It probably sounds dumb, but I almost feel like it's this like pocket of time that doesn't exist in the fact I got stuff done in it because other people are still sleeping. It's like I'm I'm accomplishing something. It's like if we drive somewhere, I feel like if we get up early and start driving, we're cheating the day. Like we're not that we have more than 24 hours, but we've got a little bit of time that a lot of people wouldn't do anything with. Totally makes sense. Anybody have a mom win? Well, we can talk about my if you want an actual win. Yes, I do. My husband was gone all week and my, both my kids are still alive. Definitely a win. (laughs) I took that. That was my goal. And they are still alive. Took a picture with them this morning. They're still here. That was adorable, by the way. (laughs) It was killing me when it was like proof of life. There's both kids. I was like, oh. Also, the other thing people don't realize is like, we don't live by our families. Our families are all from the Midwest and we live out here. The half the reason a lot of times my kids get put up is that's, how a lot of my family stays in touch with us because we are so busy. So I'm just like, well, then good. Like grandma got to see them do stuff too. And all my friends from vet school that you never can talk to everybody, like they get to see what your kids are doing. So it was also a kind of proof of life to like my mom and mother-in-law that I kept the baby alive. My in-laws are in Minnesota and then my parents are in Northern Idaho, which is not close. So I totally get that. I get phone calls. Are you alive? Are they alive? Well, that was our hack and our win for the day. I will round us out with a fail. I, for the last week or two, pulled the opposite of Dr. Bourgeois and did not get up early and I have paid for it dearly. So (laughs) back on the routine this week. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I really, really enjoyed our visit. I'm also glad that Marie and Melissa got to jump on and join in with us too. We didn't think it would happen. So, but it was a lot of fun. So thank you so, so much. Is there anything else you wanted to share or add that we didn't touch on today? I, I think I'm good since we, okay. we chatted for over an hour. My big things were, I just hope that people know that you can be a mom and be a vet and be happy and be successful financially, mentally, emotionally. Like it's, we have the coolest industry. I think we all agree. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed interviewing Dr. Bourgeois. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review as it really helps us out. You can also look for us on any of the social media platforms at DVM Divas. You can also find us at www.dvmdivas.com. And be sure to tune in next week as we continue to go beyond the stethoscope.